Today we chat with Deputy Director of Public Works John Absher and Associate City Planner Zach Bonin about the $14,344,000 in grants that the City of Reading recently received. These grants will improve bike and pedestrian pathways along Victor Avenue and the Turtle Bay Convention Center area. These are exciting projects that complement some of the recent transportation efforts happening throughout Reading as John, Zach, and the rest of the Public Works team strive to make Reading as bike and pedestrian friendly as possible. Zach and John describe these projects as important puzzle pieces to the larger active transportation plan that the city has been working on for years. Several of the things we discuss are best understood when looking at visuals and maps of the individual projects. These documents will be linked in the show notes, so please check them out for full details. My name is Zach Bond, and I'm an associate planner here at the City of Reading. And I've, I've worked with Public Works for a few years and doing some transportation planning as well. But currently, I'm working on planning projects and some downtown planning projects as well. So, you know, a little bit of broad range of stuff that I'm working on, but I like uh, some of my interest is in this active transportation realm. I'm John Absher. I'm Assistant Director of Public Works. I'm involved in uh, not only the active transportation aspects of development and the engineering projects, but also permitting the Reading Area Bus Authority. So a, a lot of different aspects of transportation. Recently, it was disclosed that the City of Reading was awarded two grants uh, from the Active Transportation Program, totaling just over $14.3 million. And we're excited to have you both here today to kind of talk us through those on, on kind of how that process worked and, and what those grants actually entail and what those projects look like. And if I could ask a question, what is a grant? Is this just the state of California saying this is a good project and we're going to give you money to help complete this project? I mean, does the city of Reading foot the bill for any of these things? Yeah. The, so a, a grant is a call for projects the state of California puts out. So the state has a priorities and goals and objectives, and they align funding with the objectives that they want to accomplish. The city also has goals that we want to complete. And so there's overlap between state goals and city goals uh, that we try to integrate and coordinate. And since we, the city, don't have enough funding to do these types of projects all on our own, we're able to leverage uh, some of our local funds that we do have control over to compound with the state funds, which is a larger percentage, to do projects, big projects like these. So for example, on the Vic project, a $10 million project, and a couple million of that project will be city funds called matching funds. The more financial support the local agency like the city can provide, the better the project scores. This this year in particular, this active transportation program grant process was very competitive. For example, almost 450, I think 440 applications statewide for these grant funds. And the city of Reading, two of our three applications were awarded and they scored very high. It's a very competitive program. Wow, that's impressive. And John, with regard to the match funding, are those dollars that are purposely set aside for potential kind of city improvement projects or how how do the actual dollars in those match funding dollars coming from the city work? Yeah, so the match funding comes from a variety of sources. And in this case, we're looking at traffic impact fee program. We're looking at some of the, the grant funding related to the downtown. Yeah, there, there was a series of, of funds that were um, that we listed in our staff report when we did the application where we could use you know, these funds as match funding. In the beginning, starting these process, who, who finds these grants and says, this is a good project, this 
this is going to be our Turtle Bay project, or this is going to be our Victor project. We've been wanting to do this, and this grant is going to help us do that. Who makes that decision? As part of our process to determine that, we actually go through quite an extensive planning process ahead of time, and and that includes what we call the Active Transportation Plan. That was adopted a few years back that looks at everything from the existing facilities and down to the detail of what streets have sidewalks and which don't. And we have maps of every street in town and where the sidewalks are existing or where they're not and where there's bike lanes and where there's no bike lanes. And you kind of look at that as an overall scale, but then the project are actually laid out in this active transportation plan by need and and, and necessity. And, you know, when you look at our arterials through the city of Reading, it's actually becomes pretty apparent that some of our major arterials are missing some of the basic complete street type of elements that we're looking for in these type of grants, such as sidewalks or bike lanes, or you know even shoulders to that for that matter. And so what we're trying to do is identify those major connector pieces. And we're still in the city, we're looking at these larger scale roads as connectors. We're not looking down to the detail. We're still trying to figure out, you know, we looked at Placer and then we looked at Bicelli and um, now we're at Victor. And, you know, these are our major roads through town that really needed some major elements improved um, and, and basic elements improved from sidewalk connections to curb ramps to bike lanes. And then when while we're doing that, I mean, the kind of the side benefit and the city's done a really good job of, I believe, of kind of parlaying that grant and that active transportation element into improving the road element at the same time. So we're not just some off-street trail connection. It's actually the road itself is being improved with curb gutter sidewalk and then some bike lane facilities. And so all that kind of comes into play when we looked at this active transportation plan and then the, the actual roads and routes get ranked and they kind of come to the top of the pack and we talk about them and we have public input and a lot of people point to you really need to do something about victor you really need to do something about pacelli and as they come up that helps direct staff to start planning that process and you know we're a few years ahead of each project and as you you've seen recently we're starting the process on the park marina and a few other spots where we're looking at that next round and what down the road what we'll be applying for next so it takes a few years of planning to figure out what projects will rise to the next application process because there is so much effort that goes into each grant process that you don't want to start or stop, or you really want to know where you're headed years before you actually start writing the grant. And Zach, you mentioned that you know, obviously there's some pretty major thoroughfares through and around Reading that, that you know don't have sidewalks or are missing curb gutters or things of that nature. How does that come about? Is that just when when those sections of town were planned originally, they weren't required to to have those elements, or they deteriorated over time and are just now being addressed? How does it come to be that that we are where we are? As uh, the city has developed, what what actually occurred was a lot of suburbs used to be in Shasta County, and their standards for streets were a little different. You know, um, in fact, Victor was a cul-de-sac with residential development on it and wasn't planned originally to be an arterial road before the city annexed that area in. It actually was a two cul-de-sacs, one coming north from Hartnell and one coming south from Cyprus. And eventually, as the city annexed and grew, they connected those two little residential cul-de-sacs into a larger arterial road and to see what you have today. And the city had to go in there eventually and, and buy some of those houses in order to have enough right away even to put a standard road in and to eventually put more of a more typical arterial road at that location in the future. 
So that gave us some ability with some extra right-of-way, but we're kind of going back to these older neighborhoods or these older road developments and trying to figure out how are we going to take this old right-of-way and accommodate what we call complete street elements and have these active transportation grants work on these streets. And, you know, we're, 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 we want to get past trying to fix old arterials, but really the, until we fix those old arterials, we can't move into the future. So th- that's really one of our goals right now is to look at these major arterials and see what needs to be done um, and address those first. Can we talk about roundabouts in the city of Reading? These seem to be kind of a contentious thing. They're for traffic flows. We know the logistics of how they're supposed to work. And yet there seem to be a few in, around town. People either love them or hate them. Why did we decide to include a roundabout in the uh, Victor Avenue upgrade? Just looking at the level of traffic and the the flow and and looking to the future, the roundabout works very well. So you're talking about the roundabout on Victor Avenue at at Cypress. That is currently a uh, signalized intersection that is really three quarters developed. The northeast corner, we don't have sufficient right-of-way to to make the full full intersection work very well as, as a signalized intersection. It's got some pretty big offsets. And so if we're going to be acquiring that right of way anyway, a roundabout comes into view. So the, the roundabout offers a lot of safety benefits over a traffic signal, in particular, decreased rear end and broadside collisions, where at a signalized intersection, the collisions tend to be broadside and kind of on the high end of the injury scale. Whereas in a roundabout, when collisions happen, they tend to be lower speed, side swipe type. So lo- lower types of in- injuries when, when those happen. So uh, a significant safety benefit for the roundabout over the traffic signal. It can provide improvements for bicycle and pedestrian connectivity, separating those crossings from the roundabout, the circulating roadway itself. So, so that was you know, some of the considerations into going with the roundabout there. They just perform a lot better with a lot less delay for, for all the vehicles going through it. John, what's the cost of, of developing a roundabout as opposed to a traffic signal are they are they pretty equitable, or is one quite a bit more expensive than the other? Yeah, it, it depends on the specific situation, but in general, roundabouts tend to be more expensive in the initial cost. But when you look at them over the the lifetime, uh, including maintenance and the the cost of uh, collisions and damage, uh, signals are much more costly in the long long run. So it's a short term versus long term type of comparison. The interesting thing from a planning perspective that I've found with the roundabout corridors, which when we say roundabout corridors, like you have a combination of of roundabouts on a a street like Victor, like from north to south, is that from a planning perspective, we're planning for most of the time four lane roads, two lanes north, two lanes south, um, with the center turn lane in the middle. Um, The interesting thing about roundabouts is that we've found with traffic counts and, and, and traffic usage in a corridor situation, you're able to hold a three-lane section, which is one lane north and one lane south, much longer as far as the traffic volumes are concerned. Um, and, and then holding that road size down a little bit smaller, allowing for these other uses like these active transportation uses on the side of the road, number one. And number two, the cost overall to expand a road from a three-lane to a five-lane is dramatic. And so to hold some of these road corridors for many years into the future at a three-lane corridor instead of a five-lane, from a planning perspective, gives us so much more options moving forward. And hopefully we can hold on to that 
um, type of road section with some minor improvements like right turn pockets here and there uh, moving forward, which then will make these arterial roads more functional, um, more usable, more friendly. Uh, when you know a three lane compared to a five lane feels so much more comfortable to use um, and walk by and live by. Uh, so uh, and also they're safer. Uh, and John can help explain why you know you're not passing as much and you don't have the racing effect. And so there's there's a lot of reasons why we've kind of moved toward these roundabout corridors with the three lane section. But overall, they've uh, they, they're they're a huge benefit to the city and allow for these actual transportation uses to occur on the sides of the road giving us much more room to utilize for other uses. With regard to, to these active transportation grants, there's obviously a, a fair number of folks in the community who are very passionate about road conditions and, and street conditions and potholes and things of that nature. And without fail, when when we make announcements like this on social media and other places uh, of kind of the excitement around these grants and, and how you know, this is a benefit to the city and, and it's really helping grow this uh, active transportation plan, there's those folks who say, well, that's great, but we need to put our focus towards the existing roads and the conditions and the potholes and the you know, things of that nature. What do you guys say to that? Yeah, to, to be sure, the, the funding for our streets and roads, you know, resurfacing, you know, paving projects is, is severely underfunded. And so with the funding that we do have, we maintain the, the best quality of roadway that, for the, the funding that we have for that. These uh, active transportation grants cannot, of course, be applied to, to paving projects. However, there's a lot of moving parts at the city when it comes to implementing, developing our transportation infrastructure. So we, we do take a holistic approach to what the roadway conditions are. Is there a safety project where we could get safety grant funding that would also have the benefit of resurfacing the roadway? Or in the case of some of these ATP projects, um, we end up resurfacing the road because we are reallocating that space from, you know, is, is Zach mentions from five lanes to three lanes and doing other things. So we end up as kind of a, a, a side benefit paving these roadways. You know, a, a certain percentage of our roadways do end up repaved with grant funds that have other primary purposes, you know, safety being one and active transportation being another. And then that frees up the, the limited funding that we do have to be applied to the, the other roadways. With the Victor Ave project, maybe just tell us a little bit about what, what all that entails. The uh, project on Victor Avenue, it's kind of the next phase of an earlier project we had done on, on Victor, um, but it also includes a connection down East Cypress Avenue from Victor to um, Alfreda Way near the uh, Safeway and Lowe's uh, Shopping Center, connecting back through into Del Monte Street. There are planned bike path improvements, pedestrian crossings, a pedestrian and bicycle connection to Mistletoe School from Cypress Avenue. It also includes a roundabout that we talked about earlier. What about this project is most exciting for you? And why should Reading be excited that this project is taking place now? Well, I'm, I'm excited for a number of reasons. One, it's the, a significant next piece uh, in our plan for Victor Avenue. And you mentioned the roundabout is one component at Cypress and Victor. Uh, another very exciting piece is the protected intersection at Hartnell and Victor Avenue, which this will be a first for Reading. I know the city of Davis uh, had one uh, installed just a few years ago, the first one in the United States, and it provides an elevated level of safety and visibility for the active modes of transportation at a signalized intersection where a roundabout was not uh, a possibility. So that that's exciting. And then just the 
along Cypress Avenue, we really have surplus pavement width, you know, at the east end of East Cypress there. And so to better allocate that space uh, to uh, more active transportation modes is just better use of our existing space. And we do, in this case, you know, get uh, new surfacing on that well-worn roadway. John, I, I'm, I'm still not quite clear when you when you talked about protected intersection. So, so are you saying with the elevated piece of it that, that where the pedestrians slash bicyclists would be, that section would be elevated so that they'd be more visible to vehicles? Or what, what exactly gets elevated in the protected intersection? A protected intersection has essentially like curb extensions on the four corners that separates the turning vehicles from these areas where bicycles and pedestrians would, would mix uh, and enter the roadway to, to cross. It helps balance the, the priority uh, and visibility of bicycles and, and pedestrians. What I'm most excited for on the Victor project is that section of roadway between Hartnell and Cypress has long been um, kind of an undeveloped piece of road there that it's been a difficult section to either walk or especially ride your bike. There's very little shoulders. It's a very small road, very limited for any type of other user. And there is even a crossing halfway through that not, not many people know about from Shasta Meadows Elementary across Victor. Um, and some of the neighborhood children utilize that to cross Victor in kind of a mid-block location. And it's it's a little bit unsafe the way it is located right now. And with this improvement, we'll have uh, some nice crossings there. But uh, what I'm most excited about, too, is that this roadway being finished will attract some additional development along that roadway and the and some users that are looking at that vacant land that's left over from the right-of-way and how to utilize that and make that a part of the project and now actually be some maybe some housing and some office mix that could utilize this new roadway in this section to be their frontage and kind of integrate into that project. And so from a from a site that's been underdeveloped for years to a site that'll be fully developed in this area, I think will be an exciting improvement that we can look forward to. And Victor will be a very attractive use, but also a very safe and well-used area for active transportation as people move from Enterprise Park to the south and Enterprise High School north up Victor and, and go to Mistletoe School and Shasta Meadows Elementary. Some of those connections in there will now be usable. One other small element is we're going to integrate some neighborhood wayfinding between this route where the crossing is to Shasta Meadows Elementary, and then how to navigate through the neighborhood to get to this location because it's a little bit hidden. And so it's another element of wayfinding that we're bringing into these projects and slowly integrating into the city's active transportation mix, which will help uh, people just get around. So we're excited for that. Well, and it's, it's super exciting too. I mean, that, you know, a project like this really seems to open up some of these additional arteries and thoroughfares to make the, the, the especially the east side of, of Reading more bike friendly and more accessible to cyclists and pedestrians and, and, you know, hopefully eventually allow them easier access to central Reading and all the way to west Reading as well. Public Works has done a great job recently with the Highway Safety Improvement Project on Hartnell where they've just added in those sidewalks that have been, uh, there's some major gaps along there that have just been filled in. And ever since they've been filled, I've noticed a, quite an increase of, uh, of residents in that area walking on some of those new sidewalks. So that's exciting to see. Okay, and so let's switch gears to the Turtle Bay improvements. We've got improvements to uh, new pedestrian and cycling facilities, separating them from vehicular traffic. And these facilities will also connect some of the trails in a new raised pedestrian and bike-friendly intersection. Can we talk about that project a little bit and why that one's exciting? Yeah, this is... uh... 
a uh, difficult area for uh, bikes and pedestrians to traverse uh, currently, and it's a, a critical piece uh, between the Sacramento River Trail System, Sundial Bridge, Turtle Bay, and some other projects that are connecting through on uh, Butte Street and future projects on uh, Park Marina. So we're excited to get this connecting piece to be awarded uh, the grant for this. Yeah, as you mentioned, it, it's providing a uh, separated two-way cycle track facility across the Sundial Bridge, uh, becoming a separated uh, path. Uh, I think it varies uh, 10 and 14 feet wide, working its way in towards the convention center and then kind of wrapping around the, the perimeter of the convention center and the parking lot by the Sheridan, the, tur- the hotel at Turtle Bay. Uh, and making the connection near the entrance to the Sundial Bridge, little cul-de-sac back back there. So this has has been, there's a number of of challenging pieces, uh, and this is one challenging piece, so it it will be good to get this project completed and connecting to uh, other projects that will connect to downtown and to uh, the, the Dana Drive hilltop area. And, and specific to that overpass going over Highway 44, I know you, know you see a lot of traffic, pedestrian and bike traffic trying to get you know, from one side to the other. What, what specifically are those improvements that will kind of enhance that, that experience for those pedestrians and cyclists trying to cross, cross over 44 and get through those intersections? Right. So coming from uh, the Turtle Bay side, there'll be high visibility crossing across the, that would be the westbound on-ramp onto Highway 44 from a widened sidewalk. And in that point, it's uh, kind of a mixing zone. So it's a wider 18 foot wide path crossing that ramp and then onto the the bridge itself. And the the bridge has a certain amount of width and this project would kind of reallocate that space. Pedestrians would have the the existing um, nine foot wide sidewalk to walk across the bridge and kind of down in the roadway, what, what currently is what currently is the shoulder area uh, would be an eight foot uh, wide two-way cycle track that is separated from vehicular traffic by bollards and this buffer area. So they would have their physical space. So space for pedestrians, space for bicycles, and then the vehicle lanes uh, would be out on the bridge uh, itself. And then once you cross the bridge and come to Butte Street uh, in Park Marina, the intersection there, there would be an enhanced crosswalk. It's a signalized intersection and the, the bicycle facility would connect into the future uh, cycle track going in on Butte Street. Very exciting. I think both of these projects sound like great additions to all to all kind of the work that's been going on into, into Reading recently, especially with improvements in downtown and then rolling in this active transportation piece. I think Reading's really going to see some great things coming in the next few years. When do you expect these projects to be completed? Both of these projects we're looking at for construction starting summer of 2024 and ending in summer 2025. It's a little bit much for a single construction season, so we split it over two uh, two summers. So there's between now and then there's uh, quite a bit of work to do. You know the the formal uh, award by the California Transportation Commission this summer. Then we go into an environmental phase um, for a year or two, and then there's right of way. Uh, and design, and then we're ready to uh, to advertise an award. So we have it scheduled for 24, 2025. With regard to the grant monies themselves, are we as a city required to complete these projects within within a certain time frame in order to be eligible to receive those dollars? 
yes, and I believe the the time frame for completion is twenty five twenty six fiscal year. So we got one year cushion on the end. But the way we have the project scheduled, we've accounted for potential issues coming up during right of way during environmental. So we have a very conservative schedule at this point. And so I, I should say, if we find ourselves you know, ready earlier, we could ask for you know ac- accelerated construction funding and, and perhaps might may be able to do these one year ahead. As a reminder, we are really looking for community feedback for this podcast. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for episodes, please email us at podcast at cityofreading.org. We'd love to hear from you and incorporate those questions into future episodes.